back, and thank you for listening to Xenozoic Xenophiles, a fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales, a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. From creator, writer, and artist Mark Schultz, I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth, and this is a fan podcast. We're not affiliated with Mark Schultz, and the opinions expressed are just ours. We're doing this podcast because we truly enjoy reading and talking about the worlds of Xenozoic Tales created by Mark Schultz. In this episode, we're covering Xenozoic Tales Issue 3 from August 1987. It features a 20-page story written and illustrated by Mark Schultz and an 8-page story written by Mark Schultz and illustrated by Steve Stiles. And we'll also be announcing the winners of a recent contest, so stick around for that. And later in the episode, we'll share some of the great comments and feedback we've received since last time. We've explained our title in the past, but we'll quickly mention it again for any new listeners. Of course, Xenozoic is part of the title of the comic. Xeno is defined as something that is strange, different, or foreign, while Zoic refers to a geological period of time. So Xenozoic basically means strange era or strange age. And a xenophile is someone who is interested in foreign lands and foreign cultures. That word describes us, because we're certainly interested in foreign lands and cultures like those described in Xenozoic tales. Of course, many of you might be more familiar with the series under the title Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. The original series, created, written, and primarily illustrated by Mark Schultz, started with a backup story in the anthology comic Death Rattle back in 1986, and then ran under the title Xenozoic Tales for 14 issues from 1987 to 1996. All of those issues were published in black and white by Kitchen Sink Press. In 1990 and 91, Marvel's Epic Comics reprinted the first six issues of the black and white series in color using the title Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. In 1993, there was an excellent Saturday morning cartoon series, again using the title Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, that ran for a single season. There were some action figures and a fun toy Cadillac release to tie in with the animated series, and we really liked a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs computer game that was out in the 90s. In 1994, there were three short miniseries also using the title Cadillacs and Dinosaurs that were published by Topps Comics. Those issues were based on the continuity of the TV series as opposed to the original comics, and those issues were primarily written by Roy Thomas, working with various artists. And this is an exciting time to be revisiting the series, because after 20 years, Mark Schultz is working on a new Xenozoic Tales graphic novel. If you like the series, we encourage you to join the Facebook page, Mark Schultz Xenozoic Tales and Other Stories, for all the latest news and information. If you don't have the series but want to pick it up, there are some options. The individual issues can be hard to find, but there have been multiple trade paper collections over the years. Most of these trade paperback collections are out of print, but you can usually find them used at reasonable prices. There is a recent collection simply titled Xenozoic that contains all of the stories written and illustrated by Mark Schultz. It's a nice collection that we highly recommend, even though we're a little disappointed that it doesn't include the backup stories written by Mark Schultz but drawn by Steve Stiles. And if you would like some music to listen to while reading the series, then consider picking up Songs from the Xenozoic Age. It's an eclectic mix of fun songs by Chris Christensen that are inspired by the series, and the CD features album art by Mark Schultz. We recently attended Heroes Con in Charlotte, where Mark Schultz was scheduled as guest. Unfortunately, according to his Facebook page, there was some confusion over the scheduling, and in the end, he wasn't able to attend. We had hoped to pick up a few items to give away for our contest, but that couldn't happen. However, we used a little ingenuity and still managed to collect a couple of signed items, and we'll be giving them away later in the episode, so stay tuned. We enjoy sharing listener feedback, and all of the exchanges with listeners on social media are a lot of fun for us. So please write in and let us know what you think of the issues we review, or the podcast in general. We'll provide our email address and other ways to contact us at the end of the episode. 
Also, if you enjoy the show, please consider checking out our other podcasts that are available on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Trekker Talk is a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of the sci-fi comic Trekker by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. And Warlord Worlds is a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of writer and artist Mike Grell, including Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. Ron Randall, Mike Grell, and Mark Schultz are our favorite comic creators. Their stories are filled with adventure and interesting characters, and their art is outstanding. We'll include links to those other podcasts in our show notes, but for now, let's dig into this month's issue. Xenozoic Tales, number three, August 1987. Editor, Dave Schreiner. Letters, Denise Prowl. Publisher, Dennis Kitchen. Production, Jan Manweiler with Judy Lyons. Original cover colors, Ray Fehrenbach. Reprint edition, cover colors by Denise Prowl. Interior colors by Randall Burnt and Ray Fehrenbach. The cover to the original black and white edition features a great scene of distressed-looking Jack and Hannah in the foreground, looking over their shoulders at a group of lizard-like humanoids in the background. The cover for the color reprint edition features a scene of Hannah being carried off by a group of these same reptilian humanoids. And don't worry, you'll find out exactly who these intriguing lizard-like creatures are in this issue and episode. Benefactor, written and illustrated by Mark Schultz. The story opens shortly after the events of the previous issue. Hannah Dundee is talking to her friend Rimfro, who earlier in the series helped her lure Zeeks, what we know as Pteranodons, into the city in the sea to warn fishing boats of imminent danger. Hannah is regretting that she encouraged Jack to race his favorite Cadillac against that storm in the last issue. She admits it was a stupid thing to do, and Jack hasn't spoken to her since the incident. That sounds just like what we said last episode. Hannah also feels the governing council resents her, and she is afraid her time at the city in the sea is nearing an end. The next day, Hannah is in a meeting with the members of the governing council, including Toulouse, Nock, and Gorgostomos. They're all waiting impatiently for Jack Tenrick, who shows up half an hour late. Toulouse explains to Jack that they are nearing the end of negotiations with the Wasoon government. The Wasoon are willing to share their advanced fishing techniques, which could greatly aid the city in the sea. However, in return, they want Jack to back off of his extensive campaign to stop poaching near the city in the sea. In their opinion, his extreme activities are causing the poachers to move further south into Wasoon territory. This infuriates Jack, and he tells Hannah and the council members that ignoring the poachers and the balance of life could bring on another cataclysm. The council members tell him he's exaggerating, and Jack storms out of the room. Later, Gorgostomos comes to see Hannah Dundee. He tells her the other governors are planning to put the squeeze on Jack to get what they want, but he thinks that the two of them talk to Jack first, they could negotiate a compromise. The two immediately leave for Jack's garage, but when they arrive, they learn from Kurgo that Jack is out on his own. Gorgostomos convinces Hannah to use her tracking skills to follow Jack, and the two of them head out on horses. Along the way, a small earthquake spooks their horses, but they're able to keep them under control and finally locate Jack's Cadillac. Gorgostomos volunteers to stay with the horses while Hannah searches nearby for Jack, but as soon as she is out of sight, the governor climbs up to a ledge. He pulls out a rifle and positions himself to wait for Hannah to return with Jack. He plans to shoot Jack when they return and believes the other council members will thank him for getting rid of the persistent thorn in their side. Hannah follows Jack's trail deep into a dark and creepy jungle when suddenly a lizard-like man steps out of the shadows. It stares deeply into her eyes and she begins to shake and then drops her rifle. Several other lizard men step into view and they take Hannah deep into some underground caverns. 
Hannah is surprised to find Jack there, who tells her the lizard-like men are the Grith. They are humanoid reptiles who are distant ancestors of Slithers, who evolved great intelligence long before man, but who have hidden themselves away in these deep underground caverns. They have been caretakers of the earth for ages and shun technology. They don't have language, but one of the Grith named Hob communicates with Jack using small tiles with letters from something called Scrabble. Jack tells Hannah the Grith don't reveal themselves to people, but they have chosen her because they see something special in her. Hob takes the tiles and spells out the phrase, deep, deep down, soon, with the female. Just then another Grith races into the cavern. He excitedly uses the tiles to spell out the message, quake, farms, go, now. The Grith hurriedly lead Jack and Hannah through the honeycombed caverns until they come out into sunlight just above a farming community. Jack races into the village yelling for them to sound the alarm. As a loud gong rings, the farmers run from their homes just before a powerful earthquake brings the buildings crashing to the ground. Later, a bewildered Hannah wonders how the Grith knew in advance about the earthquake, but they know many things, and Jack reminds her of the prediction that the two of them are destined to go on a long trip together into the deep, deep down. Back at the Cadillac, a shadow stretches over the waiting Gorgostomos. He turns in surprise to see a Grith staring at him. In the quiet that follows, the silent and still body of Gorgostomos lays lifelessly on the ledge. I really like the opening scene of Hannah confiding with Rimfro. He was the first person she shared an adventure with in The City in the Sea, and it's nice to see the two have become friends and confidants. It's great to get a little more insight into Jack's interactions with the governing council. While it's clear several of the governors are frustrated by Jack, we don't learn in this issue whether or not any of the others feel as strongly as does Gorgostomos. And I hope I haven't completely mangled his name all through this episode. If anyone knows the correct pronunciation, please let us know. Mark Schultz always excels with landscapes, including great scenes of the city and the sea, as well as the rocky wilderness and the underground caverns. A couple of particular favorites are the scene of Hannah and Gorgostomos riding their horses across the plains at the top of page 6, and the scenes of Hannah searching for Jack at the bottom of page 8 and the top of page 9. The scenes of Jack and Hannah racing through the underground caverns are another series of favorites. The use of shadows in those scenes really creates a feeling of depth and suspense. The Grith are very interesting characters and are very well imagined, and the illustrations of them create a sense of both intelligence and mystery. This was a great story, setting up more adventures to come. My name is Michael Bailey, and I am still kind of a bad geek. Not a fan of anime, never seen any of the Harry Potter films, much less read the books. I ventured a little further into the worlds of Star Wars and Star Trek, and I've even managed to watch a little Doctor Who. I've also managed to not watch a single episode of The Walking Dead. So what do I like? Comic, comic books. books. I have been reading and collecting comic books since 1987, and I've been a fan of superheroes for as long as I can remember. Some would consider this a hobby, but I prefer to look at it as what it truly is, a crippling addiction that I may never recover from. Back in 2007, I started a podcast called Views from the Long Box to deal with this borderline personality disorder. Every week or so, I pick a particular comic or issue or character or whatever to talk about them, and then, well, I, I talk about them. It's kind of what a podcast is. Sometimes I'm alone. Sometimes I'm joined by my semi-regular co-host, the Irredeemable Shag, or Thomas DJ, and the permanent semi-regular co-host, Andrew Leyland, and sometimes another friend from the podcasting and comic book world stops by to chat. 
The show is located at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com where you can find old episodes and show notes and links to my other internet endeavors. You can also find the show on Facebook and I'm on Twitter under the handle at Bailey's Podcasts. Views from the Long Box, a podcast about comic books or a desperate cry for help. You decide every Tuesday or so at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com. The Road Not Taken, written by Mark Schultz, illustrated by Steve Stiles. The story opens in the middle of a deal gone wrong. Two poachers named Lou Bristle and Emile the Mangler have delivered some powdered horn, but the buyers have refused to pay what they promised. Shots have been fired, one person is dead, and the two poachers have taken a woman hostage. As they quickly make their way through the dark alleys, the woman bites the hand of the man who is holding her, and then she tries to run to safety, but three quick shots leave her lying dead on the ground. Now the two men have no insurance, so they slip into the shadows to avoid running into anyone and slowly make their way toward where they know Mess Obrekovich lives. He used to work with them before he went straight. He's been working for Jack Tenrick, and they're hoping he's learned to drive and can get them to safety. Sticking to the shadows takes hours, but they finally make it to their destination, where they kick down the door and find their old friend Mess sitting slumped in a chair, looking almost dazed. They put a gun to his head and force him to lead them to the docks where he ferries them over to the island with Jack's garage. An unlucky Kirgo gets hit on the back of the head and the two poachers race out of the garage in one of Jack's cars with mess at the wheel. Moments later, the two poachers are surprised to see Jack is already on their trail, but mess seems unconcerned but concern quickly overtakes the two poachers as they realize Mess is racing toward the edge of the cliff. As they panic, they turn their gun toward Mess, but before they can shoot, the car plunges over the side of the cliff. Riding in the car with Jack are Governor Nock and Kirgo. The other two men are confused by what Mess just did, but Jack isn't and says he loved his wife. She was the woman they killed this morning. This is a really fast-paced story, and Mark Schultz illustrates how to tell a complete story in only eight pages. We learn everything we need to know about an entirely new set of characters we've never met and quickly get vested in the story. The art by Steve Stiles is a perfect complement to the world of Xenozoic Tales. The characters, cars, and landscapes are all excellent. The panel layouts are straightforward, but the variety of close-ups and distant views keep the action moving quickly. A really entertaining noir-type story in the world of Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Hi, I'm Nicholas Prom, the host of Comic Reflections, a podcast devoted to Silver and Bronze Age comics. Join me and my spunky sidekicks, Jeff Barnhart, the crusty curmudgeon from Dogpatch USA, and Spencer Valadez, podcasting's very own Apache Chief, as we discuss the grooviest comic books of yesteryear. You'll find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at comicreflections.wordpress.com. What are you waiting for? Now let's talk a bit about who's who and what's what in Xenozoic Tales. This is the 26th century, long after a series of geological cataclysms. What is known as the city in the sea in these stories is the island of Manhattan that is now partially submerged in the ocean, while the city of Wasoon is what we know as Washington, D.C. Jack Tenrick is an old blood mechanic, one of the few people who have learned how to repair the many machines left over from the distant past. 
While he can be gruff at times, he is more respected by residents than the governors who run the city. Hannah Dundee is a scientist and ambassador from Wasoon who has come to the city and the sea in the hopes of building cooperation between the two cities. Kurgo is an older friend of Jack's who has been trying to convince Hannah that Jack's heart is in the right place. Hob is a shaman for the mysterious humanoid reptiles known as the Grith. Hob is an ally to both Jack and Hannah, who are two of the very few people who have ever seen the Grith. The Grith communicate telepathically with each other and talk to Jack using the letters from an old Scrabble board game. Next up is listener feedback, when we share the emails and other messages we've received since last time. Thanks to everyone for the comments. Your support and encouragement has been a big help in getting this new podcast going. So another big thank you to everyone who took the time to get in touch to share your thoughts. Dr. G, man of nerdology, said, I love the first episode of Xenozoic Xenophiles. Now I have to buy some back issues. Scott Connor wrote to say, I'm sorry that Mark wasn't at Heroes Con this year, and that I didn't know about the podcast until after the con. I had a ball there talking to William Stout. William Stout is an artist who does fabulous paleontology art. Now I must say that is certainly appropriate for a fan of Xenozoic Tales. He also worked in the music, film, and television industry, and the first movie poster that he painted was for Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. That was interesting to us because we liked the movies of Ralph Bakshi and met him at DragonCon a few years ago. Scott continues, I hope you get to meet Mark. He's a fantastic fellow and is great to talk with. I've met him a few times, the last time at Heroes Con a couple of years ago. We had a great conversation with author Micah Harris at Heroes Con about Mark Schultz. He has been friends with him for years and also talked about Mark being a terrific fellow. Mark actually wrote the introduction to Micah's book, The Eldritch New Adventures of Becky Sharp. He addresses the relevance of Becky Sharp, the character from Vanity Fair, showing up in a Lovecraftian universe. Mark praises the book in his introduction and notes that Micah's inventiveness invariably catches me by surprise. You'll find the book as a standalone adventure in the spirit of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We have another connection to the book because another friend of ours, artist Lawson Wallace, did the art for the cover and interior illustrations. The book is out of print, and some online bookstores list it for hundreds of dollars, but you'll be happy to know you can go directly to Micah's web store to place your order at a much more reasonable price, and you can find the ebook on Amazon at a reasonable price as well. We'll include a link to Micah's site in our show notes. Noel Thingball of the Noel Network just discovered the show and said, having recently read all of Xenozoic Tales for the first time, I am very much looking forward to checking out your show. Paul Hicks from the Waiting for Doom podcast contacted us to say he loved the new episode. Thank you, Paul. Regarding the contest we announced last time, John Baker did a fun promotional tweet saying, I must listen. I must be entered. I'd love to win. See, I don't desire much. And he let us know he finds the podcast full of interesting stuff, and he hopes to pick up a few issues. And we have a couple of new iTunes reviews to share next. The first is titled Cadillacs and Dinosaurs by Joe Crawford of the blog for the non-discerning reader. What a great show. I only had a very small amount of knowledge of this comic series before listening to the podcast. I knew the art was beautiful and that it had a cartoon, but that was about it. The Sutherlands are both informative and entertaining, with great production as per usual. If you're interested in the series or just want to hear a great comic podcast, try out this new show. And another titled Excellent was written by Ed Moore. As with Professor Allen, Xenozoic and Cadillac both escaped my clutches during their original publication but I have found myself acquiring them and reading along with the newest Sutherland production. Thanks for the added motivation to read these cool 80s stories. And thank you, Ed.
Next, we want to extend our thanks to everyone who supported the show on social media since last episode. These are people who liked or shared posts from us on Twitter, Tumblr, or Facebook. Your support helps draw attention to the podcast, and we sincerely appreciate all that each of you do. Before we start, let us say if we miss a name, please let us know and we'll correct it in the next episode. And also forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know and we'd be happy to correct that next episode as well. Andres Rodriguez. Ben Days of Our Lives, a comic nostalgia podcast. Brian Mulvey. Captain Marvel 75. Charles Motti. Christian Arias. Clinton Robson of the Coffee and Comics blog. Cody Spinelli. Daniel Monstro. Diablo Frank from the Idle Head of Diablo Martian Manhunter blog. Donnie Basham. Dr. G, Man of Nerdology of Pulp to Pixel podcast. Ed Terry and Nick Moore of Till Productions. Erwin Avra. Gary McAllister. Gene Hendricks from The Hammer Strikes. Greg Arugio. Gunnar Shred. Jared Driscoll. Jeff Messer of the Geek Brain podcast. Joe Crawford of For the Non-Discerning Reader blog. Joe Dragonus. John Baker. Josh Samples, Karen Williams of Between the Pages, Kyle Benning of King Size Comics Giant Size Fun, Larry Looper Jr., a.k.a. The Question at Vic Sage 2005, Leticia Vasquez, Magdalena Avalos, Marios Karashilis, Mark Sweeney from Comics Couplets and the blog I'm the Gun, Martin Gray from the blog Too Dangerous for a Girl, Michael Lane of Comics in the Golden Age, Michael Carlisle of the Crap Box of Son of Cthulhu blog, Author Micah Harris, Mobius Momo, Noel Thingval, Paul Hicks of Waiting for Doom, Pedro Hernandez, Professor Allen of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Raul Zuniga, Rob Kelly from Fire and Water Podcast, The Aquaman Shrine, and The Film and Water Podcast, Robert Wolfman Bratcher, Roel Murillo, Rolled Spine Podcast, Ruth Reese, Scott Chambrian, Scott Connor, The Silver and Gold Podcast, Siskoid from Siskoid's Blog of Geekery, Podcasts First Strike, and Lonely Hearts Romance, Steve Butcher, and Stuart Robinson. It's time to announce the winners of our little contest. We mentioned last time we hoped to see Mark Schultz at Heroes Con and hoped to pick up a few signed items, and we were planning to have a drawing to give away prizes to those who submitted iTunes reviews. Well, as we mentioned, due to some scheduling confusion with the organizers at the convention, he wasn't able to attend the event. However, as you just heard during our feedback section, we had a few people who submitted iTunes reviews, and we didn't want them to go without any prizes. Our friend Brian Mulvey came to the rescue with perfect timing, alerting us to a discount sale that he saw at a store he frequents that included a couple of signed art books from Mark Schultz. So coincidentally, as of today, we have four iTunes reviews, and we have four signed art books to give away. So, without any drawing, they're all winners. Professor Allen, Joe Crawford, Ed Moore, and Clinton Robson will be receiving these signed items with our gratitude. We sincerely thank all of you for taking the time to submit those iTunes reviews, because they really help bring more attention to the podcast. We certainly hope to see Mark Schultz at a convention sometime in the future, so please continue to submit those iTunes reviews, and hopefully we'll have another contest sometime in the future. And be sure to check out our upcoming episode of Warlord Worlds, where we'll be announcing the winners of some signed Mike Grell items that we were successful with picking up at Heroes Con. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. You can reach us at xenozoicxenophiles at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr under the name Xenozoic Xenophiles. 
And you can always visit xenozoicxenophiles.com for links to all of our social media pages. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It's a great way to help the show get noticed and hopefully attract more listeners. And as you just heard, you might win a prize sometime in the future. If you like the show, please consider trying out our other podcast, Trekker Talk, about sci-fi bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair by Ron Randall, and Warlord Worlds, where we cover the comic creations of Mike Grell. In our opinions, these three creators are master storytellers and artists, and we're always happy to talk about their work and hear what others have to say. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will come back next time for another new episode of Xenozoic Xenophiles. Xenozoic Xenophiles is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, please visit comicspodcasts.com. We are not affiliated with Mark Schultz or the various companies that have published the series. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album, Movie Tunes, Background Music, Songs and Loops, Volume 2. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. Ah!